Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And what's up? Welcome in. Wes Mitchell here. Chris Clark. GC Live. Friday episode of the show. Closing things out for at least before Christmas. I don't know. We may hop in and, and do one more next week. We'll see what the world brings to us. But um, obviously, it'll be our last time seeing y'all before Christmas. So uh, Merry Christmas if we don't tell you before the show is over later on. And, uh, of course, this show, as always, brought to you by Clint Hammond. Movement Mortgage, clintonhammond.com, 803-771-6933. If you're in the market to buy a home, call Clint. He'll walk you through the process. He's a mortgage broker here in Columbia. And uh, mostly this show, this episode, will be putting a bow on this recruiting class as South Carolina pretty much has kind of locked up their high school recruiting for the year. We'll see if somebody emerges. You know, you never know. But most of the guys go ahead and, and sign early. And uh, so that, that was the case for South Carolina. All their guys who were committed and are going to be in the class right now went ahead and signed. And Chris – as you know, we'll kind of just break it down as we go, man. But going back to Wednesday, r- relatively quiet day for South Carolina. It was, man. It's, uh, I think I said li- on, on Wednesday when we were wrapping it up on the takeover hour on 107.5, the drama piece on signing day is cool if it goes your way, right? If it's, if it does not go your way, not so fine. And, look, it'd be cool. Um, there probably would have been more excitement if, say, South Carolina had landed Dylan Stewart and Josiah Thompson, a pair of five stars, in down-to-the-wire signing day battles, and South Carolina came out on top, right? I mean, that would have been fun, and traffic would have exploded. It would have been exciting. But, man, as it turns out, you'd much rather have just gotten those guys committed early, like you did, with little fanfare. And, yes, although some schools made pushes for those guys and others, you really didn't have to worry too much, right? And so uh, you got the guys that you expected. You got DeBron Gatling as an uncommitted guy going into the day. That was really the main one you were watching that you knew uh, was going to be deciding. But even then, you, you felt good about that one going South Carolina's way. And then, of course, Wes, the only other one was Braden Lee, which we knew was going to be back and forth. And by the time Wednesday rolled around, we expected that one ultimately going to Maryland. But overall, a fairly drama-free day for South Carolina and a day in which they were able to sign 16 high school and junior college guys and go ahead and make some of their transfer portal acquisitions official as well. Yeah, made uh, made all their transfer portal acquisitions official except for Jade McGowan. That one, you know, you're listening to this right now if you're live. Still no final word on that. Uh, you know, by the time you're listening to this, maybe on a podcast platform, uh, maybe maybe there will be a final word, but as of right now, for the most part, very quiet. Like you said, man, no real surprises. We'll get into, you know, these these guys had to turn down some additional pushes from other schools that 
most of it had played out, you know, in the weeks and months leading up to signing day, not necessarily down to the wire, but there's a couple that, you know, I, I think we're, we're kind of interesting there behind the scenes that we'll get into, but let's start with Gatling just because he is, uh, you know, the last commitment in the class and someone we have not discussed here on this show. And, you know, I, I think it was just the culmination of South Carolina doing a good job of getting after him when he was still committed to Texas A&M. And, you know, he, he played it very close to the vest for, for much of the process. Luckily, we were able to to dig out some information down the stretch because I did, Chris, I didn't want to just assume, oh, South Carolina was kind of the school pushing. Now he's decommitted. He's automatically going to go to South Carolina. We've covered recruiting long enough to know you can't just assume that because there could have been five other schools quietly working him as well. And so we started to get word over the weekend. Hey, it's looking really good for South Carolina. We got word on Monday. Hey, it's looking even better for South Carolina. And then on Tuesday, you saw the welcome home from Shane Beamer. And, you know, we got confirmation there that it was going to be for him or it was for him and he was going to announce the next day. So, you know, good job of identifying him. This is someone South Carolina coaches we had heard for quite some time were very high on as a player. You look at the offer list. I tend to think the offer list just lost a little steam because he committed so early and was just kind of locked into Texas A&M. Uh, but, but to me, watching the film, this is a guy who is a true wide receiver. And um, it, and what, what I mean by that is he's not an athlete playing wide receiver. Um, it, he's not a guy that's going to have to have a ton of development. He already – does a lot of the just skill things that you need to do to be a successful wide receiver. He already kind of has those uh, those in his toolbox, basically. I think it's a great point. It, he's not, you know, there's not going to be really many kids or any West that go from high school to college, especially at this high of a level, and you just go, okay, that guy's a finished product, right? There's no development at all needed, but Gatling is close to that because you're right. I mean, he, you look at the skill set, what he can do, the production at a high level against really good competition, playing for Milton High School. They played Walton in the state title game, upset them, had a great year. And I think Gatling finished the season West with, I think, 84 catches. So he had a huge year for a really good high school team against really good competition. But if you just go watch the film, He's just a he's a strong route runner. While he's not a six three six four receiver, he can give you a vertical presence. He understands, you know, how to run routes to beat man coverage, but also how to just do things like sit down and zone. I saw he had a key late third down catch for Milton in that state title game. I think they might have even been down at the time, or they were barely up one. Um, and they had a big like third and seven, and he was just able to run a great route, sit down in coverage, catch the football, not even on a perfect throw, but just secure the football, keep the chains moving. And I think that's that's honestly what South Carolina needed in this class from the high school ranks. They needed a guy or two who could come in and potentially play early. And I think that's really what they have when you look at Mazio Bennett combined with DeBron Gatling. So you're right, South Carolina had been on him kind of quietly for a while. The, the very first 
instance I heard of his name was back in late September, actually, Wes, hearing that, hey, South Carolina likes this guy. They they think they might have a chance to flip him. And it took a while, but they got him on campus in November. Of course, the rest is history. Ultimately decommitted from A&M, and then South Carolina was able to, to grab him at the end. So it was really important that they get another high school receiver, I think, to pair with Bennett. And I think they got a good one in, in DeBron Gatling. For sure, man. We're going to dive into the whole class. Um, I don't want to get too far off that, but I do want to just touch on this real quick. Uh, Xavier McLeod committing to Georgia today, former South Carolina defensive lineman. Uh, got a comment here from Jay Diz. I wish we would just let him redshirt. I, I feel like that's a narrative that's still kind of floating around out there that is completely not the full story whatsoever. Like, um, it wasn't so much necessarily even that he wanted to redshirt. It was kind of how how it was handled and as well as some other things. So, um, I mean, McLeod was dismissed from the team. Like, that's a fact. So, it, what, it was not just, oh, he wants to redshirt, so he's going to enter the portal. Like, that is not what happened, period. So, I feel like that needs to be addressed. We'll see what happens with McLeod at Georgia. We've always said – Huge upside. I mean, Zay McLeod can be as good as he wants to be. Nobody is saying he can't. Like, he – I mean, there's a reason South Carolina put as much energy and effort into recruiting him as they did. So, it's just a matter of can he go and live up to that potential now at Georgia. Um, Craig also asking, does Gatlin have a teammate, a wide receiver? Yes, he does. Um, I think between Gatlin and this kid – and I, I don't know the kid's name off the top of my head, they had two stud wide receivers. Like, they put up huge numbers, both of them, in that offense. And then actually ended up playing it, – so it was it was Milton versus Walton in the title game, right? So Wendell Gregory's team against DeBron Gatling's team. That's right, yep. What did Gregory call uh, DeBron? Uh, I think it was it was pure dog. Yes, is what it was. Oh yeah, he was very familiar with this game. <laughs> Maybe they, a little, they, yeah, a little quiet animosity there. For, yeah, you know, for I mean, DeBron's team did beat him, but but those two seemed. I mean, they knew each other in a good way. I don't mean like real in a good way. Animosity. Yes, yes, but a lot of respect there. I mean, you can tell and. um yeah, I think the receiver that's being referred to there, Wes, is C.J. Wiley, who's yep. a 2025, 6'4", already has, you know, who's who offer list. Um, so he's he's definitely a, a really good – they had a bunch of good players, Wes. I mean, they're, they're, uh, their quarterback, Luke Nickel, I mean, really good player. They, they just – both those teams, both Walton and uh, Milton, loaded with not only – you know, college level prospects, but a, a bunch of just really good high school football players too. So um, that was a great game, high level competition. And, you know, when you look at both Gregory and DeBron Gatling, there's a, here's a couple kids who played against great competition in high school, but also have traits that can transfer, you know, to the next level as well. For sure, man, for sure. Uh, so DeBron also, um, you know, somebody that just had a nice offer list, makes plays, maybe could be a special teams guy too, potentially, potential 
early impact guy. So, all, you know, checks a lot of those boxes. We'll see. Also, it looks like he's an early enrollee, which pretty much, man, this entire class, um, not every single guy, but for the most part, this, this is the most early enrollees I have ever seen. And that was something we had talked about. And then Beamer sort of said the same thing on Wednesday. He's like, man, this is the most early enrollees we've had. And that, I mean, that's a huge advantage just to go ahead, get acclimated to the next level, get acclimated to school, going to class, new teammates, new surroundings, being away from home, all those things. Many of the things any college student has to go through, but for these guys, you're going through it while trying to grind and be an SEC football player. So it's just a different story. And I, I think getting them in, particularly, Chris, as, as much as we get asked about offensive line prospects and offensive linemen, um, you know, I, I think in particular, you look at Josiah, you know, you, you look at Cam Pringle and then Blake Franks too, but I, I, I kind of start with Josiah. That's the guy I think has the biggest upside of that group. Just being able to get in and start physically developing in a college weight program goes a long way for all those guys, but it goes, I think, even further for you start talking about a Josiah, start talking about, you know, Dylan Stewart on the defensive side. Anybody's going to have to be playing up front, getting some extra time in, in a weight program, I think is a, a really, really beneficial thing. It is. And man, you, you don't, you would like to not be in a position this season. And I think South Carolina will be in, in this more favorable position this season, barring injuries, right? Because that's a big reason for it last year where you don't have to rely upon freshmen, you know. Um, South Carolina obviously had a couple last year in, in Tree and Tro Ball that they relied upon to start as true freshmen in the SEC, playing some of the best defensive lines in the country, um, several of them, in fact. And so you're going to take your lumps, and, and Beamer pointed out, I think rightfully so, during his Wednesday signing day wrap-up press conference, that they're going to be better for it this year. You know, um, LSU – for instance, in 2022, Wes, they had a couple of freshman bookend tackles that played and took their lumps. And then in 2023, you know, they're a lot better for it. And and you've got a couple guys in Tree and Tro that can continue to develop, and they've already been thrown in the fire, and they will be better for it, and so will the team. But you've also got Marky Anderson, who kind of had – he had the most buzz out of any of the linemen. He'll be ready for this year. you got Jatavia Shivers, who you like from that class. You got some other guys from the roster, of course, and then you have kind of stacked two back-to-back really strong offensive line classes with the guys, the three in-state guys that you brought in and, and led by Josiah Thompson. And I think all these guys have different skill sets, and this is what you want, Wes, when you look at kind of the outlook of the O-line, right? The way that you're recruiting in 23, 24, don't have any commits for 25, but they're certainly in the game with a lot of big-time guys in that class. That's exactly the kind of trajectory that you want to see recruiting some big-time talents that a lot of other schools wanted with traits, and, and it's about getting them in and developing them. That, but there's a lot to be excited about those guys, particularly with Josiah, man, who was just so highly touted. Honestly, I think is almost flying under the radar as much as a five-star can. Yeah, he, he's a stud, man. And I, I think, again, you want to you want to fill out your offensive line with high school guys. You want to supplement with – portal guys and um we if you have not read it today we've got uh you've got an insider report up i just updated the transfer portal target watch list we got some names to watch there portal recruiting not 
ending anytime soon. And so South Carolina, for the most part, coaches, staffers, everybody, they get a little chance to breathe overall once the high school class is locked in. But still, lots of portal recruiting going on right now. And uh, we'll really kick in again during that little window at the beginning of January where you can take visits again, but it's right before you start class, um, really around the country. But at South Carolina, I think uh, January 10 or so, somewhere around there is kind of the, the time period when you're going to be getting started with classes. So that, that's uh, kind of a tight window, but I, I think what you'll see, today's 22nd. Obviously, there'll be a little break probably around Christmas, but even re recruiting never really stops. But you'll see visits start to get locked in. Schools will be jockeying to get those visits locked in. Maybe you see visits during the midweek as well in January. But I, I think uh, for sure there will be a lot more movement in the transfer portal from there. Uh, let's kind of keep it, man, with those five-star guys. You, we talked about Josiah, how he kind of just has – almost falling on the radar because he committed so early. But you look at a guy like Dylan Stewart, if, if that would have been a national signing day, like if I had been in D.C. the way I was for Nick Harbor and we were streaming that thing live and it was going to be on ESPN and all this stuff, it would have been what everybody was talking about leading up to, to signing day. As it was, I mean, Miami tried to keep, keep making a little run. I think maybe Miami thought they had a shot, but never really materialized. For an out-of-state five-star, Chris, Dylan Stewart was on campus for about every game he possibly could have been, maybe all the home games. He was here for a ton of them. And um, it, it went under the radar, but listening to Beamer sort of talk about him on Wednesday, it kind of just reiterated to me just how talented – this dude is in terms of just overall skill set. Yeah, we talked to his coach, Wes, Mike Hunter, um, on signing day on, on 107.5 on our program there. And, I mean, just checks all the boxes that you look for. And, you know, 6'5", 240-pound range, long, athletic, can run, and just really has all the traits of a big-time SEC pass rusher. And he's had the production – you know, to match it in high school as well. There's been a lot of talent come out of that DMV region. There's been a lot of defensive line talent actually come out of that region, and he's the latest. And, man, Wes, you remember we asked his coach for a comparison on some of the players that Dylan Stewart could end up being like. Um, and I said, hey, coach, putting you on the spot, but who does he remind you of? And, man, whew, you got to be careful. We got to take a step back. But Yannick Ngakwe, is one, um, Chase Young and Jadavion Clowney. I mean, again, I have a rule. I don't compare anybody to Clowney. That's completely off limits for me. But those three guys just goes to show, you know, what they think of him up there. And, again, what we you will have to temper expectations. He is a freshman, but this guy just really has all the tools. He's got a great demeanor. It was a very low drama recruitment. The way he committed, the, the process, the way he went about things. Very, very low key. And really, it didn't ever seem like South Carolina was in danger of losing him after he committed either. Yeah, man. Um, let's be honest. This South Carolina needs a guy like this, too. I mean, just the 
the twitchiness off the edge, the pass rush juice. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what they we'll see what they end up running next year. Like I, I think you're gonna continue. I think they're gonna continue to tweak this scheme. We saw them tweak it at the end of last year, had a lot of success with the three three five. I think we're gonna see three three five. I think we'll continue to see four two five, probably a mix of all of the above, but I really like the mix of guys they've gotten in terms of portal, high school with Dylan, bringing back Tonka, TJ, Boogie. They're going to have some flexibility up front next year, I think. And it was kind of brought to my attention, man. Kyle Kennard, the transfer portal sort of defensive end guy, who I think I look at a TJ Sanders. I say TJ could play inside in a 4 2 5. Or in or outside in the three three five, right? Kyle Kennard, I look at more. He could play outside in the four two five or outside in the three three five, depending on what you're looking for uh, in those particular situations. Well, Kennard, you know, is more of a guy who can set the edge for you. He does have some pass rush juice. Could be a three down rusher, but maybe is going to excel a little bit more first or second down defensive end, basically. So I do wonder, are there some things they could do there when I start to kind of think about pairing those two skill sets together early on in his career, maybe Kyle Kennard is kind of early on in Dylan's career, maybe Kyle Kennard this next year, he's kind of your first and second down guy. Then if you get into those third down passing situations or late game situations where your opponent has to throw, then you're putting that on Dylan, and uh, as time goes on, I think obviously Dylan Stewart's going to be a three-down player. He's going to be a guy you just put on the field and say go make plays. But as a freshman early on, I kind of feel like that could be something they could maybe pair those two guys up with each other. I like what our guy Rob says here: um, flexibility, right, from a defensive standpoint, and. Did it take South Carolina a while to unlock some things defensively last year that, that you wish maybe would have been unlocked earlier if you're a Gamecock fan? Sure, in, in the three three five, um, But you, you did find that, and it helped you find, you know, some personnel, maybe advantages in some certain situations. And if you can stay healthy, you know, you pair the fact that you bring back your entire defensive line minus Jordan Strong, basically, in terms of the guys who've made – significant contributions or starters, right? You've got some guys like Tonka Hemingway and TJ Sanders that can play versatile roles for you, whether you're in a three or four man front. And then when you add, you know, think you start thinking more about what Jaron Willis and Bam Martin Scott did last year. You think about adding a canard, as you said, Wes, you think about adding a Dylan Stewart and you do see more flexibility and more potential on defense. You also, you know, maybe did you situate, what everybody's role is back in the secondary. It, it You tried a bunch of different things. It seems like back half of the season, you might have settled on what everybody's role is going to be, right? But, but even within that context, you have some flexibility. So th they're going to have some more guys up front this year that can do some different things for you. And barring injuries, as long as they can stay healthy, you kind of like their prospects. And then, Wes, you, you, we haven't even mentioned transfer DeAndre Jules who has a lot of ability, a lot of people pretty high on him coming in as a defensive tackle as well. And that his presence there 
maybe you can slide out, you know, one of these other guys that we've talked about in some situations. So it does appear that they'll have more flexibility in 24 because of what they've done, you know, with high school recruiting and portal recruiting. Yeah, I think Jules comes in and, and pushes for lots of playing time as well and, and really is going to give them some more depth, more flexibility. We'll see who starts it. For the most part, you're going to have like co-starters uh, across the board, I, I think, in, in some cases. And, you know, I think Des U, man, he can make a big jump this offseason as a pass rush guy. He played sparingly this past year, but did play. And so that's going to go a long way for him. It was more just kind of third string type stuff, pass rush stuff. But I, I think we'll we'll have a chance to, to make that big leap as you see guys make from year one to year two. All right, uh, let, let's keep it rolling into this class, man. Um, Be Beamer mentioned – can't remember exactly how he said it. I don't think he used the word underrated, but he was asked who were who should people be talking more about. And he went with the Savannah boys, uh, David Busey and Michael Smith. And, you know, me personally, I look at Michael Smith. I think this is somebody – who you look at the tight end room, you have some veterans there, but there is room for somebody to come in and play, particularly with Michael's skill set. I think he brings a little bit additional just uh, passing game ability, stretch the field ability to that room that maybe is not quite there otherwise. No, absolutely. Um, man, we saw this guy at South Carolina's camp. You see him on film, what he did as a senior for a really good Calvary Day team who has a bunch of D1 prospects. And they play against some good competition too, actually. Um, he he really has everything you look for in a high-level tight end because you know, he's he's got receiver skills, but he's got tight end size, and he can continue getting better. He can really run. He's got the ability to make the acrobatic catch, like the incredible catch. He he can pull down one-handers. He can pull down catches in traffic. He can run. He's got size. He just he really really looks the part, man. And um, no South Carolina staff is very excited about him internally. So yeah, a lot of you know a lot of guys competing in that tight end room. When um when the staff and, and Coach Beamer when they talk about competition, that's a room where you've got a lot of it because you're going to have a Josh Simon who's played a lot of ball, Brady Hunt. You've got Nick Elkstead. You've got some of the guys who were freshmen last season. They brought in a three-man freshman class, and Connor Cox factored in on special teams and a little bit of tight end last year. You know, two others from the, from the class last year. And then you throw Smith in there. A lot of competitive depth. Wouldn't be a surprise, though, if Smith saw the field some as a freshman because of his receiving skills. And then these types of guys are the guys that you really, really like uh, to play on special teams as well. We've seen Pete Limbo utilize the tight end position a, a good bit there. All right, guys, tax season right around the corner. Once we get through the holidays, it will be tax time, and uh, we all got to do our taxes. So might as well do your taxes with somebody who is a huge Gamecock fan and, of course, a supporter here on our show. Shout out to Larry his entire team at Liberty Tax right here in the Midlands. Uh, three convenient locations, 803-462-5576. Call Larry and the tax team at Liberty Tax today. They're going to take care of you every step of the way as far as your taxes go. Chris has already got his sort of set up and locked in for what they're going to do next year. 
I'm about to meet with them in January as well. And uh, I believe they're probably going to do Mike's taxes potentially too. So uh, the full crew here getting helped out with Liberty Tax, you can do the same. 803-462-5576. Who do you want to talk about next, Chris? Wes, do you want me to go ahead and tell the people how they can potentially win something free while we're at it? Let's just knock all these out, man. Let's do it. The folks at Ariat. And by the way, I think this maybe got lost. People might not know this. If you enjoyed the Kentucky game weekend, I know I did. Uh, you saw our guy, Day Rude, there. And the Harrisons and the folks at Ariat helped to make that happen. So we should all be very thrilled with that anyway. Uh, but the folks at Ariat also have some amazing Western apparel boots. Wes, I just got my pair of boots. I showed them to you. They're pretty nice, right? They are. Very, they very are. nice. They've actually helped partner with us to put together the ultimate USC fan survey. That's presented by Ariat. I'm dropping it right here in the chat. All you got to do is click on that. You fill it out. No purchase necessary. And for doing that, we're going to enter you into a contest to win a free prize pack from Ariat West. I know you've got your prize pack ready to order some stuff. I've ordered a couple things already. Super thrilled with it. So, just fill that thing out. I dropped the link in, and you can be entered for a chance to win an Ariat prize pack. Appreciate the fine folks at Ariat. Yep, y'all bear with us. We're going to knock all these out right now. Um, if you are looking for something different in life, uh, maybe you want to start a side business, maybe you want to start a, uh, a big boy business, uh, call our friend Andy Ludicky, 404-973-9901, or contact him, Andy, at myperfectfranchise.net. And uh, here's what that means. Andy is a franchise consultant, and so he will link you up after meeting you, talking to you, finding out what your sort of wants are, your needs are, your current uh, financial situation. Do you want to own your business? Do you want to franchise? Do you just want a side business to kind of, uh, you know, make a little side money? Uh, Whatever that is, whatever the answers are, Andy is going to go out and sort of match you up with an existing franchise that has some of those same wants and needs. So uh, essentially Andy has done the same for himself and now he is taking his skills, taking what he has learned and presenting that to other people. The best part about it, it is free to you. So you may say, well, nothing in life is free, but that's because the franchises themselves will actually pay Andy, I believe a finder's fee. So don't sit there and be like, well, nobody's doing anything for free. What's the catch? Um, it's just being handled on the other end of that. So if that interests you, give Andy a call, 404-973-9901. Shoot him an email, andy at myperfectfranchise.net, or just go to myperfectfranchise.net. All right, Chris, um, let's let's talk a, a few more individuals in this class before we get out of here. And how about Fred Johnson? Oh, I like that direction. Yep. Former wide receiver turned very productive linebacker. Also a player that South Carolina quietly had to fend off Virginia Tech for. And, you know, even though he wasn't really a guy that just jumped off the page in terms of rankings, like if you if you were a casual fan, you didn't really follow the class. You just looked at the rankings. I don't know if Fred Johnson would kind of just jump off the page at you, but when we were sort of tracking this stuff down the stretch and we heard 
man, Virginia Tech is making a run. I was like, dude, that would actually be a pretty big loss to this class because it, it is a very good linebacker class in terms of quality, but it's not like they took three, four, five guys. It's two really solid football players and Wendell Gregory and Fred Johnson. So it was, I think, imperative to hold on to him. But just let's talk about them both uh, while we're at it, man. Yeah. Just two athletic playmakers. They can run sideline to sideline. They can carry down the field with line or with tight ends as linebackers and um, have some pass rush juice too as well, especially Gregory. Uh, but I, I think with Fred, you just look at this guy was used to playing in space as a receiver. And so that kind of translates to playing in space in a sense as a linebacker. Yeah, both these guys are not just – you don't just look at them and say, man, those are good – high school players that are productive. They have skill sets that can translate because they're both, you know, they're different players and different style players, but they both share some things in that they're both long. They're both, you know, six, three or six, four. They both have some weight on them, but a frame where they can add weight. They can both run. They can rush the passer, you know, very athletic. And so when you look at, you know, upgrading the athleticism to be able to, you know, nowadays, if you're a linebacker, man, you got to be able to cover in space, right? And these two guys, I think, have the athletic ability to do that to where, you know, three or four years down the road, you wouldn't be surprised to hear that they have NFL buzz, that they're they're going to test well at the combine and things like that. Obviously, a, a long ways to go until then, but the canvas that these guys have, I think, should be pretty exciting. And we talked about Gregory earlier a little bit when we were talking about Walton versus Milton in Georgia, but Gregory's a guy that, like you said, Wes, can rush the passer, can go play in space, played some tight end for his high school team, really good athlete. Johnson, man, we saw this guy at South Carolina's camp over the summer, and he was one of those who is that you know type of guys because he really stood out 6'3", 225 at the time. Remember, he tested really well. And then he plays for a great high school team, Maury in Virginia, who has a couple other, I mean, more than a couple other high-level D1 guys. They won the state title. And, Wes, I actually turned on his film this week, his senior film that just came out a week ago, and he's making plays at receiver and tight end and at linebacker rushing the passer, getting pick sixes, really impressive film. So I, I think this was, I agree with you, kind of quietly for maybe a more casual fan. Really nice pickup for the Gamecocks. Hey, speaking of film, let, let's pop on the Jalewis Solomon film. Oh, football player. Um, I, I I love our guys at on three, man, but I think they're a little bit conservative on Jalewis. Uh, he, he's a high three on on three, and he's a four-star overall. High three on on three? And a high three on 24-7 sports, which I, I tend to think those are the two that kind of drive the recruiting rankings, in my opinion, these days, as far as just putting the uh, manpower and resources into ranking everything. And so I'm I, I'm wondering if we won't see Jalewis possibly pop again. And um, can you all see that? Yeah, there we go. This guy can do it on both sides of the ball. This this is a senior film here, and 
I mean, he was kind of a surefire four-star, I thought, when when we first started tracking him. And he, uh, he, he kind of dipped in the rankings a little bit overall, still a four-star overall in the on-three industry ranking, which kind of averages everything together. But the, just the way Shane Beamer talked about him, Chris, I think he used the built different phrase, <laughs> which when a coach says that, my, my ears kind of perk up a little bit. And so that caught my attention. Obviously, if you're South Carolina, you'd rather have Solomon enrolling, you know, next month. But just skill, ability, athleticism. I mean, that is a beautiful move right there on offense. I think this is a potential early impact kid. Yeah, South Carolina loves him as a DB. And, and Wes, he's one of just a few guys who unfortunately won't enroll until the summer. But, man, you watch this guy, again, foot, like maybe a lazy like scouting term for me, but just football player because he can just do everything. And I think he's someone that probably won't miss a beat even though he's not enrolling until the summer. The staff really seems to feel like this guy can get to the next level in the SEC and get some early PT at the corner position. And, Wes, I really think he could – if you told me – Today, like if we got a call from a source during the show who said, actually, we, we decided today that we're going to play Jalewis Solomon as a receiver, we'd be like, well, he'll probably play next year then, right? Or if we heard he's going to play safety, nickel. Like wherever you put this kid, he's just a really good player. Schley County, another great high school program. 13-1 um, and one this year, fell by just four in the state titled game to Bowden. Jalewis Solomon West in that game, 11 catches for 165 yards. And, of course, played defenses too. So, just just a really good football player. Did y'all see that one play where he just – he was almost playing safety and he just attacked the box. Uh, no fear whatsoever. Uh, explosiveness, change of direction. I mean, he fired in there. So, I, I think even – I mean, this is – dude, this is a kid that could play – safety or nickel easily if he has the hips to play true corner though just having a guy with that physicality if he keeps coming along and develops and shows all the other things having a guy with that physicality at that position when so many schools just uh perimeter screen you to death in today's world that uh, that should go a long way but i i think there's some vicari swain here man and that just yeah. like you said and some some Jalen Kilgore, not that they're all three identical, like there's some different size aspects here, some different measurables with within the group, like they're not all just copies of each other by any means. But I think in terms of that's three Georgia guys who their film is just loaded with them making plays in pretty much every way you can make. So – I think, dude, you, you can make a living with guys like this. And so, I mean, it, it was huge to get him sort of back in the boat after Auburn obviously had him on their commitment list for a stretch. Huge to get him. I mean, back, back and forth battle. Auburn got him for a spell, but we knew South Carolina wasn't going to go away. They didn't. They got him, what, a month or two later. Auburn did make another run in there, but it, it was kind of quickly – extinguished by the Gamecock staff. So, I mean, man, the the film, like you said, it's absolutely packed. You, you got about every type of play you can think of 
on this highlight tape, and that's because he he can make all sorts of plays. So staff's again really high on this guy, and I, I think you put it well. You can you want as many guys like this on your football team as possible who are just versatile, who can obviously most of the time they're going to hone in to one side of the ball or another in college, but when you can find two-way guys who just do a little bit of everything in high school, typically that's a guy that's going to turn out to be a really good player for you. Between Solomon, Kilgore, and Vakari Swain, how many of them would be playing offense if Steve Spurrier was still in Columbia? He would definitely have mentioned it multiple times in a press conference that they're dumb for not playing him on offense or something like that. Yeah. I think he would have stole all three of them by this point, uh, I think. Yeah, probably so. Probably so. Um, and, and would be doing they would be doing quite well, I think, honestly. So I mean this this film is still going. This is senior this is senior year only, uh, from what it's listed as. So uh, y'all y'all get a lot of the guys I think have been updating their film lately. So go check them out. We uh, we had a mention of Kelvin Hunter earlier. I think Kelvin's gonna be Mr. Special Teams early on, man. Like I I could see, like, if I'm Pete Limbo, I'm calling Kelvin into my office day one, the second he arrives on campus, and I'm like, you're going to be my guy. I, I know me, there's some guys. You and that, I. You and me. Yeah. Like, I know there's, <laughs> yeah. some, there's some guys in, in front of you on defense, but we're getting you on the field. Because I, I think Hunter, I mean, this dude could help you in probably all uh, special teams units. I was trying to go back and find Kelvin. Kelvin's highlight real Wes is another one that's pretty doggone good. I was trying to go back and find his senior year stats and the, the folks over at, at West Florence here in the Palmetto state really, really like him. Um, you know, I think he's that head hunting type, you know, nickel safety type player, but I agree with these special teams. whether or not a player can factor in on special teams is something we know South Carolina bakes into their evaluation process. And with Kelvin Hunter, there, there would have been no question about that. Does he, does he like to do it? Is he willing to do it? And can he do it? Right. They, they, they knew all those things. Uh, Three block kicks. Yeah. I just found it. Three block kicks as a senior for Kelvin Hunter. He also played both ways, ran the football some was a returner. And then obviously playing defense, forced five fumbles and blocked three kicks um, as a senior. So I agree with you. As it was an area west from the 22 to the 23 season, where at times the personnel differences, not kicker, punter, snapper, right? But just losing some of the guys from the 22 roster in 23, I think it showed sometimes. And you could tell Pete Limbo wants to be able to get back to more of what they were in 22 from a coverage unit and a return unit standpoint. I think some of these body types that they've brought in as freshmen and from the transfer portal are going to help in that area. Um, we can't talk about the class out, talk about Dante and Mazio two two guys who not only are, are big time players out of high school, but also worked really hard as did others, but also worked really hard to try to keep this class together and, and add guys to this class. How about Mazio? How about Mazio hopping in there and beating Dante to the punch <laughs> on getting his uh, his letter of intent in? I'm not shocked, man. Honestly, you knew it was going to be a race between those guys and and maybe a few others. 
I think the other candidates, what, Wester, Cam Pringle and Mason Love were the other guys that were kind of on the on the Vegas odds. Um, but Mazio, man, I mean, he he had the short stint where he he accidentally whoops put on the orange. Um, and then and then as some would say, came to his senses and went with the home team. And he's just been balled in ever since helping South Carolina recruit. He's been a hundred percent in and um Another just man, like this guy doesn't blow you away with like the measurables as far as the size, but he's just a receiver. You know, he just knows how to run routes. He can get in and out of his breaks. Really good player, I think. And we'll we'll factor in early, I think, or have a chance to. Competitive nature is what I think of with him too. Like this guy's a winner. Uh, he's one of the. You want him on your side. You want him on your team, and. Um, He's a worker. I mean, he's been – Mazio's been on my radar personally, I think, since he was in the eighth grade because <laughs> I was getting clips from, from you know, from up there. Hey, check out this kid. Like, he's already, you know, he's already working out, training with a wide receiver trainer with guys that are in, you know, 11th and 12th grade and just holds his own and, and always has been a uh, – Always been a competitor, always been willing to sort of play above his weight, so to speak, and compete with people older than him. And, um, you know, you, you just look at some of the guys he's trained with up there, too. Um, he's been very well developed already as a wide receiver. So you you have with him and Gatling, you have two guys who come in. You can always get better, but that are, are not going to be just learning the receiver position. And so I, I think that can go a long way. I'll be fascinated to see is Mazio a slot guy? Is he an outside guy? Clearly, they move their players all around at receiver within the scheme and try to create mismatches. But um, Mazio, a guy who could maybe be inside or outside, and incredibly talented competitor and should fit right in at South Carolina. But um, they, I, if I'm Mazio, not going to lie, man, I got a little beef that they tweeted Dante's graphic first. If I, I was. Yeah, I know. He he got like special treatment. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, like I I'm if I'm Mazio, I I do have a little beef. Like I and we love Dante here. Like we had Dante on our show um you know, on 1075. Dante is a veteran of GC Live. Uh most of them with Mike and intern Joe, but we've had Dante on as well. So, yeah. Huge Dante fans, but hey, Mazio got him on this one. And so uh, credit to Mazio. That was a little competition, it sounded like, between all the guys. But Dante carries himself like a quarterback, right? Like you can – he kind of exudes the leadership ability that you are looking for from that position, even just in how he's helped recruit the rest of this class to join him in Columbia. I, I'm, I'm actually – I'm excited for Dante to get to see him uh, – that he gets to compete in a national all-star game. But I'm also excited and intrigued to evaluate him on that yes. stage and watch him throw, um, you know, to and against some of the guys that are going to be out there. He is Under Armour. I'm pretty positive. Uh, yeah. Under Armour game. Gatling will be there as well, I think. Total and of total of eight guys from the 16-man high school class, I believe, Wes, that were in all-star games in general, which is – I mean, that's a high clip. Yeah, pretty good. So 
Um, Dante have always liked his ability to throw the football from different angles. And you watch some of his training videos that have been out there over the last couple of years and just the ability to flick the football out, throw from different arm angles, uh, throw from different sort of um, bases, so to speak, like not always having his feet directly underneath his shoulders and, and kind of just uh, throw off platform, so to speak. I, uh, I, I'll i be very intrigued to watch him on that stage. Me too. Yeah, I, I, that's a great thought because, um, you know, the league that Dante plays in or has played in has some really good players. Like he has a teammate going to Penn State. They, I mean, they play good competition. But I am interested in watching him play in that game. And then Wes, he'll be in Columbia for spring ball. So to evaluate, he's going to get plenty of reps, all indications are, during the spring. So I'm really anxious to get a look at him in that setting too because I think he's got some translatable traits. He can run a little, you know. He, he's a he's a mobile guy. He's got a very quick release, as you can say, as you said, he's got the arm angles going for him, can spin the football, is a sharp guy, has leadership traits. So I, I am really, really curious. He's one of the more intriguing guys, I think, um, in terms of just how he can throw the football. Did you just bust out that he can spin it? Is that what I almost I heard? I did, man. I had to bust it out because he can, you know, if he if you watch him. So he's competed against some of the competition that he'll be with and against in Under Armour. Like, he's done that on the camp circuit, Elite 11, things like that. But but seeing it with the pads on, I'm, I'm very interested to see that too. For sure, man. Uh, hopefully y'all still got me. My mic is once again giving me trouble. And so, yeah, let's close this thing out, man. I uh, I think this code still works, maybe. I think. I hope if you are not a subscriber, try it. We'd love to have you on Gamecock Central. One dollar, two months. Code SCAR1, S-C-A-R-1. Most of you are already subscribers, and uh, I got to tell you, we absolutely appreciate it. And um, I don't know, Chris, do you, th- you think we'll sneak in one more show next week or no? I think we could probably do it, you know. Maybe midweek next week. A midweeker, yeah, we might can sneak in a midweeker. I think I I think we might have some things to discuss, you know, some updates. Yes, we already have updates on Gamecock Central right now. Go check them out, Um, Chris. Great insider report this morning. I took all of Chris's information and put it into my target watch list, so you can see that as well. Um, Sometimes Chris is not even about. The information you have is how you present it. So we try to right. present the information as many different ways as possible for however you um, people out there prefer, whether that's talking on here, yep. reading insider reports, reading more just sort of um, quick hitter type stuff. We got all that for you on Gamecock Central and hope that you'll come join us. Uh, but otherwise, I hope you all have a great Christmas. Uh, again, it's been an awesome year, but we'll get into all that for our one final show before the new year next week. But until then, Merry Christmas. Hope you get all of your gifts you want. Hope you eat plenty of desserts. Uh, calories don't count. And we appreciate you all. So we'll see you all after Christmas and one more show before the new year. All right, we'll see you all then. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.